Hello, this is the vision. Wow, that's an awful vision impression. I thought I could do better than that. Uh, but this <laughs> is Infinity Rewatch. I'm Andrew Fantasia, and I am joined by the very handsome, very knowledgeable Ryan Joseph Tiberius Maximilian Whitehead. How you doing, sir? <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Infinity! I'm so excited. Woo! This is WandaVision. It's our first... It's it's our first a lot of things. It's our first Marvel TV show, our first like Disney Plus show, but it's also yep. the first ever thing of Phase Four. That's right. It's you know it's funny because like I was I was finishing up a stream on uh, on my other other project uh, with Xbox Canada, and I was talking about my level of excitement for this, like to a point where I was texting you like Friday morning. I'm like, man, six o'clock could not come sooner. Like, let's do this. Let's get ready because we've been on a year hiatus of no Marvel. And in the past years, we'd at least have like two Marvel movies and then, you know, that would be that or even three Marvel movies. And then that would be it for that year. And so you would already get ready to look forward to next year. But we had nothing, nada, zip, zilch, nothing for uh, for Marvel for an entire year. Kevin Feige knows how to work his fans. Let me tell you. A year and a half, actually, because Spider-Man Far From Home was July 2019. (laughs) So that's the longest gap we have ever had for anything since the MCU started. Oh, my God. Crazy. Craziness. But we, we waited, and the waiting has paid off because we got not just one, but two episodes of WandaVision. Now, first and foremost, Ryan, I have to say that I have to preface this by saying that I'm a little bit biased because A, I already like Marvel in general, but I'm also biased because I grew up watching shows like Leave it to Beaver and Bewitched with my aunt. (laughs) So every little allusion that they made to those shows was just pure delight for me was something where I'm like, I, I, I was like Captain America where I'm like, I get that reference. I understand that. Reference. <laughs> uh, for me, that was throughout both of these episodes. And now are, are you a fan of those shows at all? Um, I actually never really have seen those shows. Like I never really watched Bewitched or, um, or any of those kind of things, but I'm familiar with sitcoms. I mean, I, I, I can't wait till we get to the eighties. Cause that's where I will really thrive in terms of sitcoms, like with like saved by the bell or even like fresh Prince of Bel Air, like stuff like that. So I'm curious to see how it's going to evolve. But in terms of family sitcoms, I grew up with shows like full house, family matters, stuff like that. Um, uh, so, so it's, totally weird and different for me, but I, I love it. I, I think it's really interesting. It is. Uh, and, and it's di- more, it's different. It's different from anything Marvel has done. And that seems to be the consensus everywhere you look. Everybody's like, it's so different. Uh, fun fact, they, one of the shows that they're, they're kind of riffing on here is I Dream of Genie, And I actually met Jeannie. I met Barbara Eden, the actress who plays Jeannie at Fan Expo. She was one of the first celebrities what? I've ever met. And I just shook her hand and I was like, Miss Eden, I used to watch you all the time with my aunts. Your show made me laugh a bunch. And she was very kind. And she said, thank you. And, and uh, yeah, so I've met Jeannie. Take that, people who haven't met Jeannie. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not a competition. I don't care who you ever haven't met. Uh, so let's 
let's talk about WandaVision. Um, episode one, we got episodes one and two. Um, interesting choice yep. that none of these episodes have names. They are just called, if you look them up, episode one and episode two. So uh, already different from something like The Mandalorian, which had episode names. But we we kick off, Ryan, with uh, our intro, our very Dick Van Dyke-esque intro into this 50 sitcom of Wanda and Vision moving into this new home in a strange neighborhood. Uh, and you pointed out something right off the bat. We were texting each other as we watched. Um, yes. You pointed out, and I'm glad you did this. Uh, you texted me and said, just for reference, the date on their calendar that has been highlighted is August 23rd. Mm-hmm. So what significance does, the, is that a Marvel date? Should I know what that means? Or is that just random? I honestly, I, I tried, I was doing some research trying to figure out if that's a reference to something and it still hasn't, hasn't given me anything yet. So that's why I put it in there. I just feel like, why would you, I, I understand that this show has a lot of hidden things and other things of which I did figure out, but I feel like there is something to this August 23rd and I still don't know what it is yet, aside from being a part of the story. Yeah, and it could be just that, right? I mean, we we yeah. trained ourselves to be like every little detail is a thing. I mean, yeah. watching Lost while Lost was on the air was it, it it got crazy. It got to the fact where people were looking at me like, "Dude, are you okay?" It's just a van that passed by in the background in one episode, and I'm like, "Yeah, but if you take the license plate in the van and you unscramble the letters, like it turned into not a healthy thing." So we mm-hmm. we've gotten into the the uh, the pattern of doing the same thing. Uh, and maybe August 23rd is nothing, but all I know is that's when the hearts are coming to dinner. Um, right. And it, I, uh, that's a very sick, that's probably the sitcom trope is the boss is coming for dinner. Um, if you guys, if anybody out there listening has seen on my YouTube channel uh, just this past year, I did uh, a show called Everybody Loves Quarantine, lovably acted out by toys. And that was the pro- the plot of the first episode is the boss mm-hmm. coming over dinner because that's how sitcoms roll. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So Vision works at a company where he's not quite sure what he does. Uh, and that could be, again, that could be a jab at sitcoms because in sitcoms they never really knew they were always just talking about like oh i have a client or i have an account it was always very nebulous they never exactly said what people did Uh, but it could also again be something more it could be that vision doesn't know what his job is because he's there is a power that is keeping him from knowing right Mm -hmm. And it's so so the the thing that I've heard, but it's a stretch, and this is why I don't believe it's. I ha- and I have to interrupt because I don't want it. I don't want it to go too far off no, the ahead. trail here. But but the the theory I have is it because like usually when you do like if you look at Spider Man, the license plates all were comic book nods, like all of them. Oh, wow. um, and so I've tried to figure out what August twenty third means, and apparently. The closest thing I've found is if you, if you, this is where it gets weird, guys. August is the eighth month, correct? Yes. Okay. So usually in, in most things, the, the number eight would come after the day. So it'd be like the 23rd would be the number 23 and then eight would be the next number. So if you look up Avengers, issue 238 it's the return of vision after being killed huh and monica rambeau is in it oh wow dude that is yeah 
Okay, if that's not what they had planned, then you just found the cosmic coincidence to end all cosmic. <laughs> it's so cosmic, it might even be Christine Everhart in nature. Ooh. That's how cosmic oh. you are. Yeah, she's an nihilist. Everybody, get over it. It's happening. No. <laughs> wow, that that is insane, dude. Get, that's some good detective work. Uh, that's it's that's, a long shot, though. It's a long shot. Well, and that's I'm, why I wasn't. I'm not 100 percent convinced that that's what it is, but I'm I'm still marinating with it. That's why I didn't want to go out with it yet. But I I've got to put it out there just so we're aware. Mm-hmm. Well, if I if I'm correct, I could be wrong when I say this, but I think the American uh way to say a date is you say the month first and then the number of the day so june right or whatever like august 23rd but the british way is to say 23rd august they they mm-hmm. do the day first and the month so if i maybe that's because vision is british i don't know but that so it, it clicks with the british way i don't know is there uh if you do it the american way is there like an avengers issue Eight twenty three. No, <laughs> there is, but it's it doesn't. It no, it doesn't yeah. pertain to anything relevant. That's wow. the only thing that is relevant, and I'm still I'm very skeptical. It's just I don't know. It's I mean because when they did the comic book nods in Far From Home, which we haven't, I don't know, we haven't recorded that yet. But um, but there are a lot of comic book references. But it's just to say like. Hey, we know you you love these kind of stories. And like, like for example, Hydro Man, I'll I'll just use one example. Hydro Man, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently on the boat, if you look at the license plate, it refers to the first issue that Hydro Man was introduced, and then we have the battle with Hydro Man. That's what I that's kind of like what I mean here is like with WandaVision, like it could just be a nod saying, like, yes, we that vision comic is really cool, you know, and here's our version of it. Oh my God. I love that far from home did that. Um, I think, you know what? I, I think that's a safe bet, man. I think you're right on the money. Uh, the 23rd of August, uh, that's two issue 238. That just fits. And what, a what an interesting thing, because here on infinity rewatch, we haven't had to do this yet. Have we, we haven't had to be like, let's speculate about what this story means because with the movies, it just tells us the whole story in the movie. We've never had this, this sort of like, we got to wait, we got to tune in next time. Um, I like that. It's shaking things up a bit. Uh, mm. Great. So, so we meet our first new main character, which is Agnes, played by mm-hmm. the very lovely Catherine Hahn. Uh, you might have seen her in. Uh, she's in a bunch of comedies. She was an Anchorman. She's she's everywhere. Catherine Hahn just she's one of those faces that pops up everywhere. Lovely lady, very funny. What did you think of Agnes? Oh man, the noisy neighbor. I mean, I when I watched a lot of the background stuff, um, in most shows they always have this neighbor that seems to like married with children's a good example. They have the neighbor that keeps jumping dropping in every once in a while. Um, and she's really annoying. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I there's something weird about her. Definitely something bizarre. Um and I feel like I feel like she's trying to influence Wanda in a in a, some way, shape, or form. Now, the theory is, and I'm looking at this from like a, a comic book's perspective. I'm very curious to hear what Isabella, my fiance, has to say about the show as someone who's is a, a bit more of a casual 
uh, MCU fan. Uh, but uh, my theory is is that she's she's this seems to be seems to be. I think she's controlling Wanda's world and and keeping her kind of disillusioned because that way she can learn how to control her and then eventually use her as a servant of of whatever she needs her for. Yeah, I like that. I think that there's um you know with without jumping head into episode 2 right away, I mm-hmm. there, there are things that happen that give us a clear idea that something's not right here and I think from what I've seen of Agnes, I feel like in this world that Wanda and Vision are stuck in I feel like almost like a like a video game. There are people who are coming into it who know what's going on, and then there are like, yeah. for lack of a better term, like NPCs who are just constructs mm. of the world. And I think people like right. Mr. Hart, the boss, is just an NPC. Uh, but I think Agnes is not. I think she's one of these other avatars of somebody from the outside, from the real world, or whatever, who is coming in there to ensure that things go a certain way whatever that way might be. Uh, mm. Now, speaking of Mr. Hart, uh, the the crux of this episode is that him and his wife are coming over for dinner. And I asked you while we were watching, I said, is Mr. Hart a character? And you said off the top of your head, you can't remember a character with that name, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, but he is he is a character. Oh, he is he's a, a he's a He's a very small character in a parallel world. Ah, okay. So like, that might be complete. It might be. It might be. It's like it's Earth like twelve sixteen or something like that. <laughs> um, but it's such a small, small character that really doesn't have to do with anything. Um, from my research, so I don't know. Maybe they just needed a character, but it could. It could be something. Um. So yeah, it's it just said like, oh yeah, he's from Earth. Oh, twelve nineteen um and uh uh he's like apparently uh toby goodman's like stepfather or something like it's it's a weird character that's kind of really off and i don't even know who toby goodman is really so that was that was gonna be my next question like who (laughs) yeah uh it's oh man uh he he's a character Toby Goodman essentially is a character who figured out how to do uh, trans-dimensional travel and entered Earth-616. And and that Mr. Hart, like, was attacked by the lizard at some point. And that's really, like, again, he's just this small character that seems to have some relevance. But, like, overall, just nothing really big. To be fair, we've all been attacked by the lizard at one point or another. Um, Yeah. Ryan, have you ever played Pac-Man? Uh, yeah, of course I play Pac-Man. Am okay. I good at it? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. I don't blame you. I'm not good at it either. Uh, that red ghost, man, he's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> do you remember what happens, Ryan? Let's say you go, let's say you exit the screen on the left in Pac-Man. What yeah. happens? You come out on the other side. That's right. Uh, the exact same thing happens with the lobster. Wanda sends it <gasps> flying out the oh kitchen window. And it somehow lands on the front door. There's some kind of weird virtual thing going on here. Like they're trapped in some kind of endless snow globe kind of loop. Because that lobster defied all kinds of physics. (laughs) It's true, but I didn't even think about that. It literally just 
went from one side to the other. Oh my God. Okay. So actually I want to, I, I mean, that is absolutely fascinating. And I do want to point out something here is that with, with WandaVision in the first episode, it is just about this dinner. It's about dinner with the boss, which is like a very rare happenstance. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's funny to see vision at the work and, and what I love about the show that kind of already hooks me in is there's a lot of like trying to figure out what, <laughs> what they're doing there. And vision has a great moment where he's at work and he's like, well, what is it that we do? And there's no answer to it. And so they figure, so as they go into, he tries to like figure it out with the boss later at the couch. He's like, yes, but what is it that we do? And like still not getting an answer. Uh, but the whole that whole scene at the house, um, as we get a little bit later on with the dinner, um, the one scene that captures me is the scene where he chokes. That mm. scene captures me, captures my attention. And if I weren't even a Disney fan, I would or sorry, a Marvel fan, I wouldn't I would still be hooked because of that particular scene, because it speaks volumes as to um it speaks volumes as to want like Wanda's history. Oh, interesting. Okay. What, why did you connect that to Wanda's history? So, because I, when I was talking to you and my brother, um, we had a, we had a small meeting session fans, uh, of infinity rewatch. We had a small meeting session with, uh, with our consulting team. It was literally uh, just a three way <laughs> call where we were like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? He's got Wanda and about vision. That doesn't mean, <laughs> exactly so <laughs> um the the scene speaks volumes and it, it's one of those things where it could be left up to a lot of interpretation so the, the interpretation i came up with was that she almost killed thanos she almost killed him mm -hmm. um in 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 endgame and spoilers by the way but at this point you should have watched it to be honest with you yeah um but she tries to she tries to kill him she she comes in after being revived and killed and you have to understand the last time we saw her in infinity war she had to kill vision and was convinced that she's the only one powerful enough to kill vision kills him only to find that thanos brings him back to life just to kill him again to get the stone that's it. Like that's shock. Like imagine the level of shock you'd have to deal with. And then on the flip side of that, when she comes back in Endgame, resurrected, she first thing she says is, "You took everything away from me," and tries to kill him. Uh, and now, as she's trying to kill him, um, Thanos says, "Rain fire," and then blows everything up, uh, disrupting her from fulfilling her task. So when this guy is attacking her being like, you know, damn it. What store, like what happened? What is this? Right. And really kind of attack her when he starts choking, she just lets him choke until the last possible second. Oh, and so I, I don't know where that's going or what that means, but I still think that I think that there's something there that, that speaks volumes to maybe the story development of this character. Do you, think that she was choking him like she magically did it herself is that what you're, what I, you're I don't about? think she i don't think she was magically choking him but i think she she was like essentially letting him die which is you know murder <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. in a way <laughs> so so i think she's yeah i think she's uh i think she's 
letting she's she's essentially killing him to a point where she realizes she's about to kill him and then there's that pause moment where she's like vision save him and then like boom yeah uh that Mm. choke scene has a lot there's a lot there to pick apart uh first of all just a technical thing that i think they did really well is uh throughout the whole episode we're looking at it through a traditional two camera sitcom setup which is a camera from far away we see the whole room uh it's a very classic setup for a sitcom of that era Uh, even now they still employ it uh but once the choking starts then we cut to a typical dynamic modern camera with with close-ups and the camera's actually moving and swirling around the table. It becomes very dynamic when the fourth wall of their world starts to slowly be broken, as we saw mm-hmm. here with Mrs. Hart glitching like a robot where she's like, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> um, what, what I found interesting was when Mr. Hart decides to start choking because he starts choking the second he starts insisting on information from the two of them. The second he starts to pry into who are you and how did you get here? Mm -hmm. Essentially he is stopped the moment he starts asking the same questions that we, the audience are sitting there asking. So I got the feeling that whichever entity is controlling this world made him choke so that, information would not be divulged Mm -hmm. whether that's (laughs) wanda herself whether it's somebody else we don't know but i think that it's very telling that that's the moment where he started choking i don't think it was just an accident and i tried to i could be wrong but it looks like the item he was choking on did you notice what it was i want to say it was the potatoes Okay, I'll have to go back and look at it because to me, I thought it was the chocolate-covered strawberry, which is weird because that's not something she should have served them for breakfast. That was meant to be for their sexy time. Uh, <laughs> so I I think that that's... If that is what it was, you, there's a very real chance that you're absolutely right and it wasn't just a potato and I'm just a dummy and the black and white made it hard for me to see what that was. Uh, but yeah. if it was a chocolate-covered strawberry, then that's weird then that's, that really feels like it's something that was put there, put in his mm-hmm. throat, as opposed to something he ate. Uh, but I don't know. That choking thing is really going to keep me up at night. I Again, like there's this show, guys, you'll be, you'll be mesmerized, entertained, but I feel like there's a lot of context that we're missing, like completely so far. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great scene. The whole dinner episode, the whole dinner with the first episode is a great scene. The actress uh, that plays Mrs. Hart reminds me of my mom so much, like the oh. mannerisms and everything. It's, it's pretty scary how close is she, her mannerisms are. Uh, my favorites when she realizes that the lobster, which will bring us back to what you were talking about, how the lobster appeared on the front door after Wanda threw it out the window um and she's like oh a lobster knocker that's interesting like i just feel like that's something my mom would do like (laughs) and oh and the laughing oh it's just so good anyway so yeah no there's a lot to digest in that scene and i you know what i didn't pick up on how he choked but you might be right she might have choked him because like there's every time there seems to be some sort of reveal that 
every time there's some sort of reveal that what ends up happening is, is that she tries to reset into this experience. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's always seems to be a reset button. And I do want to say that, um, uh, like the dinner scene, like, yeah, it's, I, I, and going back to the neighbor, uh, appearing Agnes, like she seems to just know when to come in. That mm-hmm. seems to be a thing, a reoccurring theme. Uh, from the first episode, like she just knew um, to stop by and and then find out what was going on with with uh, her envision that this this date that may be their anniversary and that, that she needs to woo him or something. Yeah, one of the the texts I sent you during this was I I was like I don't trust Agnes straight up. There's something yeah. about her that just she knows things and anybody who knows things in this particular setup is not one to be trusted. Um, Mm. So I don't know what her deal is, but yeah, I think that there is a very telling reason. uh, It's, it's very telling rather that, that uh, Mr. Hart choked when he Mm -hmm. did. And the fact that they, you know, as soon as the choking was over and his life was saved, there yes. wasn't a moment of like, oh my God, wow, you saved my husband's life. Thank you so much. It was just a, a moment of of silence for a moment. And Wanda and Vision kind of look at each other. And then the hearts are like, oh, well, that was a wonderful dinner. Thanks for having us. And they, <laughs> you know, it, it was unsettling. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's the most unsettling part is that they reverted right back to their, I'm just going to say the word program, because that's really what it felt like. Uh, it felt like they, they really felt like NPCs who got knocked out of their loop. And maybe I, it's just because I've just been literally just reading Ready Player Two because I got it for Christmas. So I'm, I'm kind of yeah. in that mindset of a virtual world. I don't know. But that's how it felt to me. Uh, and mm. then, of course, Wanda and Vision kiss on the couch and everything is fine and dandy. Um, and uh, we should also mention that uh, we got a, a commercial in between there, a commercial break for yep. a dark toaster oven. Uh, now we we got a commercial in both episodes and both the actors in the commercial are the same. Yes. Uh, we don't know anything about those characters yet and we'll we'll go more into that as we talk about episode two, but I thought that was worth noting. But we got our first hint of color in the whole episode mm-hmm. with the toaster oven. It's blinking red and red is the one color that we see outside of yes. the black and white. Yeah. Yeah, there seems now we know that Scarlet Witch, obviously Scarlet Red. I mean, her character's magic is red, but there seems to I think there's more to it than that. There seems to be an underlying theme of the color red, and um, there's a lot of theories as to what that may be. It means we're finally getting Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog too. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, the Star Toaster uh, was interesting. And it's interesting that these commercials um, seem to have um, ties to Wanda's past. Uh, And uh, you know what? Coming to think of it, this is something we didn't talk about. But hey, we're on this podcast now, so let's talk about it. So Wanda's history um, starts with uh, them having dinner with their family in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what happens is, is that a missile hits the, their apartment and their apartments collapsed. And the, the thing they see is a stark missile, but it doesn't blow up. Oh my so, 
Yeah, they mentioned that and that that the name on the the missile was Stark. So that now here's what this is going into the second episode and relating to that. Um, so the first one they talked about was Stark toaster and it blinks and it goes red, but it takes a long time for the toast to finish. So I think that's in relation to the beginning of her backstory, which is which is the missile and and the missile not firing. Yeah, dude, you're so right because that is I remember during that commercial, as the mm-hmm. toaster oven was blinking and beeping, I thought it sounds like a bomb. It sounds like it's going to explode, and it goes right, like, and then it doesn't, and it's just like, uh, and your toast is ready, bro. Dude, we just bro, we just unlocked something I did we didn't even think of, and then. Ooh. In the second commercial, we see the Strucker watch, and she spends a lot of time. Um, it, and he even mentions that it's no longer the age of, uh, um, it's no longer the age of heroes. It's the age of miracles. Oh, so, so that's a reference to time, mm-hmm. and it's a Strucker watch with Hydra symbol on it. So, I need to go back now and. <laughs> double-check yeah. our references here but that's that's really crazy and so um there's a lot of little gems there but i think those commercials may be the secret to her story i think that's i think you're so right man we just cracked the code podcast over we did it yeah, bye. <laughs> and scene you know we're done that's it uh, but yeah, it's pretty crazy now. And and there are some other references to kind of Wanda's story. Uh, my brother picked up on this one, which I didn't pick up on uh, when we were talking to him. But the Bova Milk, uh, which is uh, a reference to Wanda's real uh, birth, uh, which is, uh, well, not birth, but her, her story of her being a kid, which is good old Wonder Gore. Wonder Gore and the High <laughs> Evolutionary. Um, and the high evolutionary is a guy who like, likes to, you know, basically create super evolved animals, um, essentially is the best way to look at it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so there's, there's a small reference there, but I think, I don't know, I'm thinking that there might be more to that, uh, because, you know, uh, Wanda, so Wanda finds out that they're from Wondergore and they believe they're from Wondergore, but then they find out that they were left there to Bova, who trusted, Bova, who is trusted by uh, good old Magneto. Oh, yeah, when when your brother Nick brought that up and he's like, he, he started dropping names like Bova and, uh, and the mm-hmm. other... I was just like, oh, okay, high, high, evolutionary. high evolutionary. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was like, okay, this is why you get Nick to talk about the cosmic side of Marvel. <laughs> this is exactly yeah. the reason. Uh, so mm. tell us, Ryan, about that logo we saw as we pan out at the end of the episode. We see an unknown figure mm. watching this all on a television screen, and we see a very familiar logo. First of all, did you catch it? No. Well, I might have seen it, but I don't know. Mm. I didn't know that logo existed. So I would have just been like, Oh, there's a image, you know, it was like, yeah, this is great. So, so first of all, yes, we were having a little texting party and honestly, you know, with COVID, um, with COVID, uh, you know, it's, it sucks because, you know, certain experiences like Fantasia and I could not get together to watch this, but I will say it is a fun way to watch, uh, watch movies and TV shows with friends when you just start it together at the exact same time and you just text each other because that way there's no talking during the film and you could just quickly, you know, message each other back and forth about things. So yeah. much like, much like this thing we see. So 
the first one um, is like a whole TV show experience as it's pulling out and we get to this screen and they're trying to get a hold of Wanda. They're, they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And it's interesting because it seems like they're monitoring her. So something is obviously amiss. Um, but we see a logo just beside the monitor and it's a sword and sword is huge because sword is where Nick Fury was left with. Um, so sword stands for sentient world observation and response department. I knew it. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> And it's the, uh, so S.H.I.E.L.D. is that based in Earth, and their job is to, you know, strategic homeland intervention, law enforcement, like they're essentially police that keep things under wraps, you know, the G-Men. S.W.O.R.D. is supposed to be what, technically what Iron Man wanted, which is someone, you know, a shield of armor around the world to stop threats before they get to Earth. Um, But uh, yeah, so they deal with, uh their their purpose is to deal with extraterrestrial threats uh but that also includes you know weird magic stuff and things that aren't exactly you know outer dimensional stuff okay they're like the x-files they're 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 like the x-files stuff does that mean Mulder Mm. and scully are going to show up in the final episode and be like this is all. This is all a, a plot from the government. That's my David Duchovny <laughs> impression. It's, it's clearly as good as my vision impression. Um, yeah, that, that, that was a great catch. You texted me. And you're like sword logo, and I'm like, I didn't see it. Uh, but yeah, yeah or it, I I just think it's fitting that the last thing we ever saw in the MCU was that tag in Far From Home with Nick Fury on that base, which was a sword base. And I think it's yep. very symmetrical and fitting that as soon as we return, next thing we see is this sword logo coming back Mm -hmm. to haunt us and then that lets us slide right into episode two uh where it's now we've moved up to the 60s uh uh, we went from the dick van dyke show to bewitched and Mm -hmm. we got that great little cartoon intro everybody's like wandavision yeah Um, and i think i I think you know as as cute and corny as it was i think that intro kind of speaks volumes because it's them you know it's all these cartoon bobbleheads and the two of them are in the car in this cartoon and they arrive at the town and everybody else in the town is saying and singing at them, WandaVision, WandaVision. Uh, And it kind of re in a way, in a weird way, it reinforced this idea of like these NPCs or whatever you want to call them are Mm -hmm. telling them like, this is the world you live in. This is it. This is your reality. And Wanda and Vision are like, okay, we accept this. You know what I mean? Like it gave you that feeling of, of them sort of setting the stage. Yeah, I mean, it's it's at that point now where um, it's it definitely seems like the townsfolk are are like puppets. Like I'm thinking like the Truman Show where it's like they kind of they're being controlled by someone else to control the narrative. You I know what I mean? Love the Truman Show. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I thought you would. I thought you would love that reference in there. Um, so there seems, I don't know. So, okay. This episode is, is kind of fun. They're preparing a talent show for the town and Wanda and vision decide to use magic because they have powers, which is really interesting. Um, and actually in the intro, when vision falls, uh, he phases through, through the ground. Um, I didn't pick this up, uh, but I did, I saw, I saw a reference to it uh in uh in some uh some of my research for this for the like things i may have missed um and apparently uh when vision phases through the floor in the opening of the credits 
Among the pipes and cobwebs, there are a couple of bones and a dark shape. That looks suspicious uh, because it looks like a helmet, and it's a helmet in reference to the villain Grim Reaper, um, who is the brother of Wonder Man. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's this. There's a lot of hidden stuff in here that you can completely miss because it's just a cheery sitcom. <laughs> wow, I that yeah. th- this is going to be a field day to rewatch and pause these things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the Easter egg that I noticed in the beginning of this was. And I wrote it down here to make sure I don't forget their house. Their house number is number 2800. Uh, does that, uh, not to sound like C3PO here, but Master Ryan, does that number mean anything to you? <laughs> uh, no, at the moment, it does not stand out to me. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll tell you what does stand out to me. And I want to take a moment to talk about this just for a second, because it's like, can we just take a moment to appreciate how beautiful Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are. Like they look amazing mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. They are two of the most beautiful people on planet earth. And just like the whole show, I'm just looking at them like, damn, they're pretty. <laughs> like, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because yeah, I mean, Paul Bettany, uh, he's, he's a very handsome man, but he, I will say he's a very awkward looking guy. Like he is a very awkward, tall, lanky dude. But he can look so classy. Like, he pulls off such class. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's married to Jennifer Connelly, so. Ooh. But he, yeah, the show, the show, he looks fantastic. Like, he actually, I think that look really suits him. And um, and Elizabeth Olsen, oh, so beautiful in the show. Like, just, they, the the costume department and uh, and hair and makeup just really did a wonderful job, really making these characters look good. Yeah, they are. That that's a good looking cast, man. That is, they look great. Um, now we hear we have a problem with uh, well, not we, but Wanda and Vision have a problem where they keep hearing loud bangs, Ryan, outside their house, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's enough to get their sleep all deprived and such and at first it's like oh it's just a branch on the window but then it keeps happening and it seems Mm -hmm. like it's not just a branch on the window and at one point wanda goes outside she hears the bang and she finds a red bright red toy helicopter in the hedges along the curb outside their house um again not to sound like a broken record but does that helicopter mean anything to you no, but upon discussion, uh, upon our uh, consulting session, um, my That's brother, <laughs> <laughs> my brother did point out though, and and I I do remember as well in the trailer we do see that red helicopter uh, crashing, um, so there might be something later that refers to it, but on the helicopter is another sword logo, so there see there appears to be a recurring reference of sword in this show. Um, so I don't know. And again, the helicopter is red. So, and again, another weird reason outside of Wanda and Scarlet, Wanda as Scarlet Witch being red, you know, using a lot of red. I, I'm really curious as to why the helicopter is red. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very distinct bright red. It has some yellow accents on it too, mm-hmm. almost like Iron Man's colors. Very curious helicopter. Um, but then we don't get too long to look at it because just like last episode where as soon as Mr. Hart starts asking questions, he starts choking. As soon as Wanda looks at this helicopter and is like, huh, that's odd, who shows up but Agnes. Uh, and she she makes a very interesting remark where she says, 
there's the star of the show. Uh, every word out of Agnes's mouth makes me think she knows more than she's letting on. Now, <laughs> last night during our, our consultation, as you so eloquently <laughs> put it, um, you, you guys had some great ideas on Agnes that I did not think of because I wasn't familiar with this character. But who did you say you think Agnes is? Um, okay, so Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Um, every like every comic book fan is is harping in on that that ideology, and I mean it makes sense because Agatha, so Ag and uh, Harknessness, Agnes, mm-hmm. right? Like it, you could really dissect it that way and look at the evidence. Um, but she is a uh, she's a character that is uh, kind of a she's a witch essentially. She's a, she's a witch. She is able to control magic. Um, think of her like an evil Doctor Strange in 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 a, in a way of speaking. Um, she actually uh, is an agent of Mephisto, uh, who is the devil. He's like the Satan of, as my brother as my brother put it, the Satan of Satan of the cosmos. Um, so she uh, she plays a role in essentially establishing that um, that that she convinces Wanda to make a deal with Mephisto to essentially make her kids real. Um, And there seems to be a weird theme with kids in this particular episode. Um, The town is doing everything quote for the kids or for the children, um, which is bizarre. uh, And even bizarre in the sense that Wanda near the end becomes pregnant herself. Yeah. Visibly Uh, pregnant in a matter of seconds. In a matter of seconds. So it's very, it's, it's a very weird thing. Now I had this crazy, crazy build theory and I'm still holding on to it just a little bit. Um, so I have a feeling that we may be in the, the dark dimension or a, a, a bridge to the dark dimension, essentially. And uh, uh, Dormammu uh, needs youth energy to, in order to break uh, he needs life force in order to break it. Kids are like the best, best uh, life source power in order to uh, bridge the two worlds and then enter into the real world, much like we saw in Doctor Strange one. Um, so, I thought that's a possibility. I do like you your theory that it's Mephisto because there is a line when. And there, so there's an interesting part. So she sees the copter and she tells like, oh yeah, we got to go meet, you know, all the, the wives and hang out at this club. And this one of them is like controls them all uh, is essentially like the leader essentially controls them all. And so they go and this lady is just pure ruthlessness. And uh, Agatha, or sorry, Agnes says, oh, the devil's in the details. And she, and then, but that's not all he's in. So that was a really eye-opening experience. And so Agatha is an agent of Mephisto. She's a witch, essentially, and she's known for influencing characters. More specifically, um, she's known for influencing Scarlet Witch uh, to, to a point where she like will make deals with the devil and all that stuff. And you, you never want to make those kinds of deals, kids, no matter what he mm-hmm. offers you. Um, and I think that that's not to not to put too fine a point on it, but I think that's the magic word there, Ryan. When you guys mm-hmm. last night, when you guys told me this is who Agatha Harkness is, and you mentioned as soon as you guys said the word Mephisto, it all just kind of 
clicked into place like a Rubik's cube. And I was like, oh my God, okay, that first of all, A, that's amazing. I'm so happy to see Mephisto if that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. But it all just kind of made sense and sort of clicking because uh, all these little details, like the devil uh, line that you just brought up, great example. Yeah. Uh, her rabbit, she, she uh, Agnes has a rabbit and she says the rabbit's name is Scratch or something along yes. those lines or like Scratchy or something. Uh, a very old fashioned nickname in the real world for the devil was old scratch. Uh, it was a very superstitious thing where it's like, you don't want to say his real name cause it's like bad luck or whatever. So you'd be like, Ooh, old scratch is, is watching. So, you know, that, that was an old sort of um, ar- archaic uh, little mm-hmm. term for the devil. And I don't think it's used much anymore, but I thought that was that clicked for me. And then the woman Dottie, who you said, the, the blonde Stepford wife there, Dottie, who is running the show, who's very controlling. Uh, yeah. She, uh, first of all, Dottie starts with D, like the devil. I don't know. Maybe that's a reach, but I just thought that was interesting. But more importantly, yeah. she's played by the actress Emma Caulfield, uh, a lovely actress who, uh, who she rose to fame, Ryan, by playing on the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer as, wait for it, <laughs> a demon. Oh my god. Another layer. Another layer. Another layer. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing though, and and I think you might be right because Agatha's or sorry, God, it's Agnes. We're gonna have to stick with Agnes until proven yeah. otherwise. <laughs> um Agnes, uh essentially in the comic book story, um so okay, so in the first episode there was a bottle of wine and it said uh Maison de Memphis or something like that, which translates, apologize for my terrible French, uh, but it translates to um, House of Misery or House of M, right? Mm. In that story, uh, Wanda has a breakdown, a mental breakdown, to a point where, um, you know, she literally rewrites reality into how she sees fit uh, to a point where having kids. It's unclear how she has those kids, but she has kids. Later on, she finds out through Agnes that those kids are soul fragments of Mephisto. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some serious House of M vibes happening mm-hmm. here. Uh, yeah. That was another thing about the characters that I did not know until last night when I was on the phone with you and Nick, is I did not know mm-hmm. that Vision and Wanda, or rather that Wanda specifically had children. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew she was magneto's daughter and whatnot but i never knew she herself scarlet witch had any children of her own so the fact that that's happening now and that it the children in the comics had such a strong tie to mephisto really gets that you know it just makes that snowball even bigger Mm -hmm. um so that that whole stepford scene really added to the creepiness of it but it also gave us uh, our first look at the adult monica rambo uh except she doesn't introduce herself as monica rambo which I think is a big sort of uh, a big hint, a big kind of neon arrow saying she, like our two leads, doesn't know who she is or where she is or where, you know, what's she doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, but and again, I love it because as we, the viewers, we would ask those questions like, oh, who is this? Right. But the show prevents you from knowing that. And normally that would turn you off from a show. 
But this is really keeping me very interested in terms of even if I wasn't a Marvel fan, as a Marvel fan, I'm I'm always hunting for the next Easter egg or like next Marvel push. Like the Magician show I thought was interesting because um, they talk about magic a lot, but they use the term um, strange. Like they even use the term strange in which we know that Doctor Strange is going to be a character in the show uh, at one point. Uh, maybe for one episode or, you know, a cameo appearance at some point. Um, but yeah, they were they were using like uh, illusion, uh, glamour. And uh, yeah, and then they were saying things like this is strange and all this stuff. Um, so there is uh, some weird sense of things going on here. Um, and yeah, so even with Monica Rambeau, like she doesn't know who she is. They don't know what they're doing there. Um, and apparently it's for the children, which we don't know why that for is. For the so, children. For the children. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then this episode gets even more bizarre with the uh with the, the guy coming out of the sewer, the beekeeper. Uh, which which you immediately be like, that's aim, that's an aim soldier right there. Yeah, but that's, that's where my heart pointed, but you have a better yeah. idea. But on the back of the sh- back of the uniform, it is a sword logo. Mm-hmm. So we're we're seeing more agents of uh, agents of sword here. Uh, I will also say another weird thing is when Wanda meets the uh, the, as the this lady that apparently is the devil. Um, the radio is trying to reach her, and it sounds to me like Mister Jimmy Woo. Yeah, because I asked you, I was like, who is that man that we keep hearing who's mm. saying, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Um, yeah. And th- what's interesting is the song that was playing during that scene was this song called Help Me, Rhonda. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it was it was a really cute little touch to be like, help me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda. And then he breaks in and is like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Um, very, uh, very cool use of a real world song a tie into the theme and B mm-hmm. tie into the man starting to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the, you know, I get a lot of vibes of like shows or whatever that you see where somebody's in a coma and we're watching their coma dream. And like in yes. the real world, somebody is playing music in their hospital room. So in the coma dream, you hear that song and the person's like, where's this music coming from? Like a lot of that vibe, you know, like that feels all throughout this, but because we know the nature of Marvel and the nature of Scarlet Witch, we know it's probably more, It's the answer is probably a bit more out there than just she's in a coma. Uh, mm-hmm. But we were discussing last night with Nick about how we, we automatically assume that this is taking place after Endgame, but for all we know, this could be what Wanda sees when she gets snapped away by Thanos. Mm-hmm. And it leads me to wonder, is it just Wanda who entered a strange dream world when she got snapped away by Thanos? Or did that happen to everybody? That it's, it's, it's a really, really good theory. Um, yeah. And again, guys, like we don't know this show as, as, as it, I, I think as we've demonstrated here, there is some inch, I think there are some interesting things that we did figure out, but at the same time, this show has a lot a lot to it and it's not giving us it's not giving it to us it's not spelling it out for us it's not spelling it out for us we're really trying to figure it out and i i've seen interviews with kevin feige 
and he's saying he's saying he loves fan theories. He that's why he's very quiet about confirming or denying rumors and all this stuff because he wants to see just what people are thinking. And I couldn't agree with him more. Like, and that's a really interesting theory that that they could be like in the world of the snap, but we don't even know when this really takes place. Like we, it seems like this obviously is taking place after far from home, but is this the world of the snap where like the world of the dead or we don't know. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's so enigmatic. And I love that about it. It really gives me mm-hmm. vibes of watching an episode of lost and being like, what's happening. What are we doing? Theories <laughs> everywhere, everywhere you turn, there's theories. Uh, and that yeah. was even before the internet got crazy with theories. Like we didn't have things like screen rant back when lost was on. So I can only imagine what it would be like back then. Uh, but our, our episode finishes with that crazy reveal of her being pregnant. But before that happens, uh, she does what you mentioned earlier, Ryan, which is she sees the beekeeper and she says no. And she rewinds the world to when they were back in the living room. Uh, having mm-hmm. a little romantic moment. So she has some semblance of control in this world. And I don't know if that is going to be what helps them or if that's sort of by design, right? It could go yeah. either way. Yeah, I, I think that whatever this world is, I have a feeling that Wanda is... Wanda is losing her grip on reality and she's who knows where that's taking her in terms of like the, like it could be the dark dimension. It could be, you know, wherever Thanos snapped these people, it could be, she could be even just like losing the will to live and could be dancing in the world of like the, the dead. Right. And that's why she sees vision. Like, we don't know, like, I don't know how dark this can get, but I do know there are stories where, you know, um, there are, there are stories where, you know, Dr. Strange ends up, you know, helping someone in Nightmare's world. Oh, my God. I just another epiphany moment. <laughs> so feel just bear with me here, guys. So she could be in she could be in Nightmare's dimension, which is a fear of losing somebody. And because she has reality shifting powers, um, she could be holding on to the last, you know, uh, essence of vision. Um, but in Nightmare's world, it could be like trying to pull her from it or something like that. But at the same time, like she could be pulled in three different ways. She could be in this world, you know, holding on to Nightmare, or it could be Mephisto doing something, or it could be Sword trying to pull her out. She, But I know for the fact that maybe she could be in the world like Nightmare Dimension, and Doctor Strange has to come in and, and has to help her just let go of vision because you know maybe that was the last thing she could hold on to you know what i mean like um like she because like she lost her brother and then she falls in love with vision uh who and she loved her brother and then loved vision and now she has nothing to love so why would you want to how could you live past that kind of thing and now you know dr strange may has to help her get out of that but i don't know that's again that's reaching man that's some reaching theories oh, well when we're this early in the series i guess reaching is all we can do right until we've seen yeah. <laughs> but i love that ryan I, I hope you're right i hope it is about letting go of vision because that's just that would be a beautiful story to tell in a very emotionally satisfying mm-hmm. one 
as well. Well, she hasn't had time to grieve. That, yeah. I think that's my point, right? She hasn't had time to grieve. And like I said, like apparently the the multiverse of madness, um, Doctor Strange has to, one of the villains is Nightmare. So it's very possible that that story could be involved. I hope so. I, I, can't, I can't wait to get into that crazy magic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's really it was a really good idea on the creator's part where as we finish this second episode, uh, right before, you know, we have to wait a week, they transition from the 60s to the 70s, uh, which comes complete with a full color palette yes Um, technicolor technicolor and the first color that we see is red of course with vision skin and with wanda's clothes and uh, red is a very prevalent uh the most prevalent color when Mm -hmm. we we dive into the color world uh that's why i my mind kept going i think in episode one i think that's why my mind kept going to the chocolate covered strawberry because it's like here's this dark colorless thing but then when you peel back the layer there's this bright red underneath uh, yep. that's, that, that's how I felt with, with this ending. Um, it visually so beautiful. And now we have to wait a week to <sighs> the third episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to create a little game here for WandaVision that we're going to do on infinity rewatch, which is okay. off the top of our heads, Ryan, let's try to guess. What do you think in episode three, what do you think the product is going to be in the commercial? Okay. Oh, wow. Now that we've kind of cracked that thing. Um, so it was the missile. So we think it's the missile was the toaster. Strucker was the the experiments. That's why they signed up for the experiments. The next one's going to be a better brother. Pietro. Oh, I like that. It's going to be something to do with something to do with him and and like Maybe I don't know. Maybe a family thing, but or maybe just like something that something that involves speed, like a car. That's that's really good, man. I I think I have to agree with you. My, originally, my mind was going to like maybe something about Captain America, but you're right. If we're going chronologically with who's affecting her life, Pietro mm-hmm. should still come first. Maybe it's like a can. Let's see, what decade will it be? It'll be the '70s. So maybe it's like a uh, yeah, a car called like the the quicksilver or something like you know yeah something yeah something that's going to to harken like a family car yeah family car and it's it's called quicksilver or it's it's something like that with room in the back for the children Uh, why aren't we writing this show ryan i don't know buddy i i feel like nobody's (laughs) but i i also feel like nobody's covered that yet no one's figured out the reference to the ads no, no, you're. I think you're so spot on when you brought up that missile. That's brilliant. Oh boy. Well, we are two episodes into our first Marvel Disney Plus show so far. I am really loving what they're doing, uh, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, agreed. I can't wait to see as well. It's and and I was excited to finally be able to catch up and do a premiere with Fantasia here and for our Infinity Rewatch show. It was uh, it was awesome. It's so exciting. Uh, well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to do this weekly. Every time they release a new episode, we'll put up a, a, a little episode of Infinity Rewatch talking about it. They'll probably be shorter than this one because uh, this week we got a double whammy. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, in the regular lineup of the show, the next episode 
we'll be talking about Doctor Strange. So it's kind of fitting. We're living, we're staying in that magic world. Uh, but until that happens, I think that comes out January 23rd. So look out for that. But until that happens, I hope everybody, especially you, Ryan, has a marvelous day. <laughs>